Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Donate. The show where I, a DM, teach these chuckle fucks, people who don't know much about D&D, how to play D&D, and I am Niall. I'll be your DM today. I'm Connie. I'm Jack. I'm Jordan. And today we'll continue on our quest of uh, trying to make it through the player races, and eventually we'll make it to classes, um, and then much more. You'll never play D&D, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> just you. I'm looking you dead in the eye as I say this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we're continuing with our player races, which are Furbolgs. Furballs. 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 Are they robots with fur on they them? Start. Oh, yeah. That was very good. That was, yeah. Love, that was a, like love a tasty Star Trek reference. <laughs> yeah, that's Do you want the spelling? Maybe that'll, I don't know, give you some Is it clarity. not how you'd imagine it? How would you imagine it? F-U-R-B-O-R-G-S. Yeah, watch accent. Oh, close. It's F-I- Ah, oh, fuck the shit. Like B O L G. Okay, they are tree people. Because of fur. Because it's tree. a fur, like a fir tree. Like a Douglas fir. Fir. Bulk. That'd be a good name of a fir or depending on if it is a tree. Is it a tree? I don't think it is a tree. <laughs> Hi, I'm Douglas Furborg. We, we've, we've. I swear we it's mentioned fir people in passing. Not fur people, tree people. We did generally. We did. I think we kind. I kind of mentioned last week or whenever we recorded Goliaths. A little bit. Oh, so the they, they, then they are a... No? I don't know. Are what? they Ents? Entity people? Hmm? Are they Ents? Ents. Oh, oh, that's what Connie's saying. Ents. As in like the Lord of the Ring Ents? Yeah, Lord of the Ring Ents. Like tree people. You said tree people. It's pretty much oh, all our people. references. That's an Ent. Oh, I didn't know that was an Ent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of Lord of the Ring, so... Uh, Every what? time he says that... Yeah, just before we started recording, heart. you had a go at me about Harry Potter. What? Yeah. No, I didn't have a go at you, Harry yeah, Potter. Just, I just said it's good. Yeah. We but. just said read a book. I didn't say... I didn't, <laughs> yeah, we yeah we said try to pick up more than one book, Jordan. <laughs> Stormbreaker boy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he reads non-fiction. I read non-fiction. You know, like the Bible. Fucking leaflets don't count, <laughs> all right? <laughs> reading leaflets don't count. <laughs> reading Fair signs boy. when you're driving doesn't count as yeah. reading. <laughs> well, it is technically reading, but yeah, I, I, it's, not re- it's not reading. So... You got, yeah, so Lord of the Rings kind of like <laughs> ideas. Why is it funny that I don't know anything about no. Lord of the Rings? No, I was chewing into the mic. That's why I was like, okay. Mm. Oh, but it is funny because D and D is like pure Lord of the Rings. No, not pure. Well, it is. It literally is. Because <laughs> I'm the same. Like, what I came like first? Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. You fuck with. <laughs> Read a book. Lord of the Rings was written in like 19... I know, but there 30. might have been like a couple of blokes that were like fucking around with D&D in like the 1800s. D&D was in the 80s. Yeah. You were there for the first you episode. For the first episode, oh, really? Jordan. Oh, well. I don't remember. Where I explained this. So basically, they just stole everything. Yeah. No, but to be fair... From like, Lord of the Rings. And you don't like it. No, not Lord of the Rings. I didn't, I didn't say sense. that I don't like Lord of the Rings. I just said that I'm say not that. into it. Well, mm. you, Do you know what I mean? I think you said the words, I don't All like right. it. I don't like Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. It's not my thing. It's just like, I wouldn't go to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to put on a film today. I'm going to put on Lord of the Rings. That To be fair, even, is... no, no, but even people that like Lord of the Rings don't. 
Every Christmas. You know, oh, I, feel like, I keep no, asking no. him to watch yeah, because, it. No, <laughs> because you have to take out... For me to enjoy Lord of the Rings, I have to take out a good 48 hours do you, to do you want to enjoy it. Honestly, this is an honest-to-God, truthful story. Do you want to know what I did when I used to watch Lord you of the Rings? You used to fuck to it. I used to fuck <laughs> to Lord of the Rings, right? Me and my girlfriend would go upstairs to watch Lord of the Rings and we'd proceed to just do it. Because it was like the special edition, two hours long, and that's what we do for two hours. Yeah, I mean it's longer Soft than that. Soft break from now, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's, they're like three and a half hours each. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I think the reason it's funny. No, is we'd watch some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to yeah, you're like, oh, Arwen, <laughs> in between every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it, it's such a to- it's such a token example. <laughs> it's such a token example of Norse mythology in fiction. Yeah, that it could be the the most co- like renowned example of Norse mythology yeah. and D&D is heavily but, but D&D isn't a copy of it because it's inspired by all mythology that's what I found so interesting about D&D is that it's like holy fuck they've done their they not only have they done their research they obviously were inspired by real mythologies but on top of that they just the world is it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger and you're just like, keep oh. making shit up it's yeah great. keep making shit up it's amazing so furlongs yeah, Furbolg. What, yeah, what, what shit did they make up with this? What, no, what do you think they are? We've kind of got, Connie said, tree giants. Yeah. Vibe. Not necessarily giants, just, yeah, tree people, okay. giant. Any other ideas, gang? Furbolgs. I think they're a, a robotic ball of fur. <laughs> Wait, how is the bog part spelled again? Bolg. B-O-L-G. Bolg. Oh, oh okay. Oh, bolg. Bolg. Uh, bolg. Oh, I thought... Oh, you need to work on your uh, pronunciation there now. It's me northern slang, I can't help it. <laughs> Furbolg. 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 Oh, um... Bolg. What the fuck's that? Nice. Maybe I should turn up your headphones and then you're going to tell me better. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. <laughs> it's never happening. <laughs> Furbolg would... I don't know why, but I, I keep picturing a Balrog from Lord of the Rings, which you don't know now. Uh, I do know a Balrog. Oh, right, yeah, the Balrog, it's the best giant, part of Lord of the Rings. Giant flamey. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. Yeah. It's essentially an angel. But, I, I um, ge- yeah, it's honestly, it was the only thing in Lord of the Rings that I was genuinely interested in because I'd watched like an hour of them walking about talking for a bit. Oh, yeah. Hiding from stuff. The and first I was one's like, walking It's a fucking fire demon! <laughs> yeah! yeah! It's actually the same species Punch it, Gandalf. as Gandalf. <laughs> I think it's the same species as Gandalf, technically. Yeah. But corrupted by uh, oh yeah, so it's literally basically wizard versus wizard essentially, Um, yeah. In the in the same way that orcs, this is where Jack comes actually. Um, No, (laughs) but (laughs) it's kind of similar to kind of the way orcs are corrupted versions of elves. I think. Anyway, that's for that episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to Jack to correct all of this. (laughs) Hello, Jack the editor here. Just wanted to say he's spitting nothing but facts. Back to the show. (laughs) Anyway, so. Oh, robot? Can't... What did you say? Robot? I well, I thought you said well, furball. So I was like a robotic said... furball. I don't know. Robotic furball. Okay. Why okay. I said a fluffy robot? Because I thought Jordan it was looks a so confused ball. right now, <laughs> like of a man, a man just lost in time and space. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm gonna eat my cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, any ideas? I'm, I, I actually, I'm gonna go with Connie. I do. Th- I, I don't know why, but I've just got this weird feeling that it is something to do with trees somehow. And I didn't. Although say I giant, don't recognise the name. Giant. But... Yeah, Goliath. So tree no, giant. It, yeah, it's not, like if it could be an N, it would make sense. The spelling of fur. Now that it's not Borg, yeah. and it's Bolg, it's like oh, okay, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it could be. So you're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. They are considered giant king. So okay. they are part of that giant 
family. Okay. Um, in the Volo's Guide is when they were Volo's Guide to Monsters when they were first introduced into fifth edition, and they've got a lot of basically ties to the Feywild. If uh, Jordan, I know you remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking eating your cookie, just leaning away from the microphone. I mean, it's appreciated. No one's hearing you eat. Exactly, yeah. I'm being considerate. <laughs> Set you right up. Do you know what the Feywild is? <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, it's the bit underneath the ground. No. Oh, that's the deep, that's the underdark. Yeah, well oh. done. Holy that's shit. It. Yeah, well remembered. Oh, well, I think I'm um, <laughs> You're so salty. You're so salty. You started this off, and Kath was the only other person who couldn't remember anything either. And then Connie came on, took your gold star, and now Jack's here. <laughs> also, remembering okay, I know, things. Okay, I know the name, Feywild. Yes. Is it the world that they're in? No. No, it's what? That's Faerun. Is it like a oh, different Oh, fucking realm? hell. This is so fucking stupid. Look, dude, you, I, honestly. <laughs> why Why have two words that sound exactly the fucking same? In the Fae Lizard Folk episode, you literally quoted the opposite of the Feywild. You brought up the Shadowfell. Does that give you any The Feywild is the heavens. Oh, the elvish shit. It's so far gone. Is it like the, elf, the place where the elves came from? They went to and they came went from, to it, yeah. It's and it, like and a I weird ethereal plane mm-hmm. of forestry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's getting closer. So the Feywild is a shadow uh, of this world. It sort of exists on like another dimension That's around it. That's what I said. They're a bit under the, the ground. No, it's not under the ground though. That's the shadow is the world. No, no, wait, stop, <laughs> stop. No, no, no. Just no, go no. back to eating your these cookies. are almost, <laughs> I, these are comparable to the um, what they called from Witcher the the sort of like the things. I, mean, you know, I can't. The words for, I've just forgotten the word. But do you know what? It's uh, great content. Yeah, it's really good content. <laughs> Hang on, cut all that waffle, and I've got a sentence. Uh, isn't that similar to the um <laughs> no fuck what is it those not discs there's like in there's the alignment of the rings of some shit in the witcher like the other worlds where the monsters come from yeah yeah it's kind of similar to that like kind these parallel universes parallel place shadow like so strange the underworld thingy and strange there's the things, material not actually point. physically underground the stranger things is a better mm. thing to understand there is the world the material plane and there's the shadow fell which is very much like the stranger things universe and that is everything that's dark dead shit that's what I was thinking when I said under the ground I was thinking strange things so why don't you say that well I thought under the ground was the shadow world because in stranger things the camera goes and they're under the ground because it's the yeah, upside it's not, down but it's not physically under the ground it's not, underground. It's not like hell it's not like right. it's in the earth or something it's like an that's, ultimate plane that's also it? it's not the, the, right. it's not physically <laughs> down I mean no hell is not physically down oh my but God. shut up <laughs> this episode's been already everybody shut up <laughs> There's the material plane, right? Underneath the Earth's core and the material plane is the Underdark. Makes it's like sense. another world underground. That's yeah. it. That's it. No hell. It's like hell because it's shit, but it's yeah, fucking yeah. dark. Right? I didn't say it was like hell. I say it's not uh, like hell. Okay. Material plane. All right. And then on one side is the Shadowfell, which is like another dimension that hangs over it. It's all shit. It's like the Upside Down from Stranger Things. Lots of undead. You know, anything that... There's no light there. It's apart from one place where there's light. Uh, <laughs> hey, they wrote it, not me. Uh, <laughs> And then there's the Feywild, which is like the fairy universe. It's where all the fairies come from and the fae come from, the tricksy kind of people, the ones that make deals and play with emotions and emotions are heightened. Whereas in the Shadowfell, emotions are dead and you'll feel shit and you'll despair and you'll cry. In the Feywild, your emotions literally affect the weather. And that's what you asked me, the Feywild? Yes. Not the Shadowfell? No. Nah. Sorry, right, babe. Don't worry. The f- mortal instruments, the Feywild is literally in, yeah. in the mortal instruments. Yeah. yeah. It's that 
vibe. Yeah. It's fairyland. Fey wild fairyland. Nothing's quite as it seems. Yes, it's like Alice in Wonderland, basically. Mm. It's that trippy kind as of like trippy as fuck, everything's wrong. There are dark areas of the fey world because there's still a moon cycle, there's still like night and day, and there's like the dark lands <laughs> and the fairy lands and stuff like that. So that's the fey wild. And um they are considered fey. Furbolgs are considered fey creatures. They're classed as humanoids. That's what they're classed as, so they are humanoid creatures. But they So you were wrong about the tree. Not not so much. So they do tend to live a lot in nature. <laughs> they do tend to like they are they stand pretty tall. They're around about um seven to eight feet tall. So they're pretty tall. They're related to the Fae and they have a longer lifespan, which reaches around about five hundred years. So they can live like in between sort of dwarfs and elves lengthwise. Um one of the interesting things is that they read, write, and speak common, elvish, and giant, which then indicates what their actual heritage is. Mm. Because they're not just these fey wild creatures that came purely from the fey wild. They're actually part of the giant pantheon, part of the giant kin. So if we remember last week to the Goliath episode, we talked about Anam the Allfather and his partner Othea. Mm-hmm. And Othea and Anam kind of got it on quite a lot, had a lot of baby giant children. But it and turned out Othea was... on him, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, neither can I. Let me just uh, <laughs> get that out. It's like Uchu She cheated on him, and then her ex, well, her actual husband... Was like... Was like, how fucking fuck dare you? Um, I can't remember if he said, but she had to have a kid... And the son was supposed to raise the giants back up from the ground. Um, and mm. then all the giants were like, fuck you, I'm bigger. And so they killed him. <laughs> that was- yeah, because he was a runt. Because <laughs> he was a runt. But one of the things that he did, one of the armies that he raised, was made up of the giant kin. Mm. So what he did was sort of find all his half-brothers and sisters and sort of raise them into an army to sort of combat the giants because the giants weren't willing to help out and bring in this new age of peace and and sort of prosperity um the furbolg's father was called utiliu and if yeah it's 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 what was he called Alutiu. Alutiu. it's spelled u-l-u-t-i-u u too sorry but I don't know if you remember when Anam killed Alutiu, because Alutiu was the god of the sea, mm. he literally froze over and basically froze the North Pole. That's mm. how mythologically the North Pole was kind of created in Faerun and Toril. That's kind of that um, origin story. So they were born from that along with the Fomorians, who are a different kind of giant race. They're like, they were once like beautiful giants that also existed in the Feywild, but then became sort of too proud and too uh, arrogant and have been like malformed and turned into these ugly, horrible looking giants because of their vanity and arrogance. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some sort of like, opposites with the furbolgs the furbolgs don't believe in that kind of vibe they're very much like nature loving hippies <laughs> oh so they're pretty chill they're kind of like tree giants basically that's their kind so their they are origin story related to related to both fairies and goliaths in a way, in a way. less like less fairies they're part of the fey wild and the fey wild and the shadowfell have this most other planes of existence have this feeling about them that if you stay on them too long as a regular person if you're not from a plane of existence and you travel to another plane of existence 
you'll start to be affected by it. Oh, so it's not that they're related to them, it's that they co-inhabit at the same place. For so they're, long yeah, that they're, they're kind of... the same area and yeah. they've almost culturally assimilated, but... Yeah, they've more, changed more. into something else. So, like, if you went to the Nine Hells and you spent, like, your whole time there, eventually you'd start becoming lawful evil. Mm. It's You would just, from the to the time spent there, you'd start becoming a bit more devilish and you would you would just be changed by the mere presence of lawful evil if you went to a place like you know one of the you know mount celestia which is basically heaven you would eventually sort of like be corrupted into good i guess would be mm. the best way to put it i don't really know how to phrase that any other way so it's the same with the Feywild and the shadowfell if you spend too much time in the shadowfell eventually you just become like a shell of yourself whereas if you spent a lot of time in the Feywild, you'd become more of yourself you'd become like in a a seriously like not extroverted but almost exaggerated being of what you once were hmm. kind of thing mm. kind of want to go <laughs> see what happens yeah yeah no it's cool it's i do love the law and it is very <coughs> fun and what they've come up with so a little bit about like fur bogs in terms of like their personality they do tend to keep to themselves. They live in clans, and those clans can be made up of either the same family, which is, you know, like a large family of maybe like 15 to 20 people, or, you know, sometimes multiple families, but they'll act like a family. Mm. That's very much kind of like their vibe. They're very much all about the clan. And the clan will have that many people, which is led, not led, but will have about one shaman that will help sort of like with druidic things. And it's that shaman role is usually held by a druid, which is another D&D class. Um, and they're like, not the spiritual leaders, but basically they're sort of the connection to nature because they don't really have leaders as such. <laughs> Furbogs are the first sort of D&D race to have literally created democracy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that's how they make decisions. The only race in the entirety of D and D. No, they're like one of the first ones. First, one. that makes sense. Like humans can have democracy and stuff like that. Elves can have democracy. Uh, dwarves tend to have, you know, like a democracy that's built off of age. Furbogs is like almost the truest democracy. Every member of the clan gets a vote in what they call the cast. And when a decision that's important enough it needs to be made, the whole clan gets a vote. And that's called the cast. Hmm. Uh, and essentially, they literally have a ballot system uh, where every every furbolg writes on a stone what their vote is. You know, let's say it's very Greek, right? Right? It's cool. And they they write on a stone, and there'll be like a ritual in how they cast their vote, which is sometimes thrown into a hole. It's sometimes uh, held up aloft when they're asked what their vote is. It's, you know what I mean? It could be anything from clan to clan. So not every clan has the same rituals. That's kind of the beauty of it. There'll mm. be different clans throughout the world and they're, they have their own kind of rituals, their own Tribal kind of democracies. Vibes. Yeah. That's kind of like, their, that's their basis on how they make all decisions. So everyone's equal within Furbolg society. Mm. And the reason for that is because of something they call the code. And the code is essentially a renunciation, almost, of Anim the Hallfather of the Giants. It's kind of like a diametrically opposed way of living. So you weren't here for this episode. You weren't here for Goliath, were you? No. You were in Chicago. In Chicago. 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 So the, the Giants have uh, something called the Ordening. And that means, basically, they are in a class system 
that is based on their height and their their race. So there's hill giants, fire giants, frost giants, and storm giants, and cloud giants. And they're all the storm giants being the most like high highest class, and the hill giants being the lowest. Oh, you mentioned this last time, yeah. They yeah, and like regardless, a storm giant is always going to be more powerful than a like, well, more highly regarded. Highly regarded, even if they're not as powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. a fire giant was like super ambitious and pushed through and like made something of themselves and gained loads of power, they would still be subservient to the lowliest storm giant. So it's basically like a racial hierarchy. It's just a caste system. It's a racial system, hierarchy. It? Yeah, it's a caste system. It's a racial hierarchy. Like that's that's, up. that's how it is that's in the up. ordering. So the Furbolgs have this totally different vibe and totally different basically setup for their beliefs and their rituals and their systems. And it's called the code. And it's written in Jotun. And I, I, I think this is so fucking cool. In terms of like flavor for when you're playing a Furbolg. There's different, every Furbolg has the code on them. Every single one that obeys the code has the code on them. And that's in different ways. Some clans have it tattooed on their skin. Some clans have it probably inscripted on a rock that they throw at their enemies. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, they might have it on a sword. They might have it on the sword. Oh. Every weapon that they build, it might be, you know what I mean, have the code written on it. It could be anything to like, you know, they build medallions and inside the medallion you open it up and there's like a beautiful parchment inscription of the code. And it's all in Jotun, which is giant. That's how you speak giant is in Jotun. And, and what does Jotun um, sound like? Prak strev rang glang bird. Storm rang glang du. Blood etin e blood kong. Gitsusen val nu. Trutzon storm par. Yeah, you didn't expect that. Did you? you didn't expect that. Kind of, I don't know if it was just the way you it's said it. Kind of sounds like what, like Scottish before it was, you know, English. No, 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 like Gaelic. Gaelic. That's the one. Yeah, I don't know if it's Gaelic or Gaelic. That's just how I like Gaelic. It. It, that's how I like to do Jotun. I find like it sounds like a bit it. nicer. What if you did it in a slightly high-pitched voice? Prakstrev, Ranklangbird, Storm Ranklangde, Blood Etine, Blood Kong, Gitusen Valne, Trusrund, Stromparat. Oh, that sounded a lot more Scottish. Yeah. That's really weird that you went more Scottish that time. Because I, I was getting uh, Valerian from Game of Thrones vibe the first time around. I was like, I couldn't place that. Mm. And then that time it was like oh, Scotland. I, well, when you started, I was thinking maybe sort of like russian sounding oh. that translates then- to um vote for an independent scotland <laughs> <laughs> it actually translates to uh the furball code which is bravery effort and honor over birth the tribe's honor over yours the blood of the runt is the blood of a king give a thousand for nothing and truth is the honor of the tribe it's fucking beautiful and that is the I five want that tenets. tattooed. I like that. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's almost like one for all, for one, one for all. Basically, basically, that's how they vibe. That's even cooler though. A thousand for none. Yeah, like that's cool. I like the- is that. Mean, is that meaning like it kind of makes no sense? And <laughs> 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 like, do you mean a thousand for none? It's like what the fuck is that? Because I was thinking a thousand for one, and then it's like actually a thousand for none is like. You know, no, nobody gives a fuck. No, nobody cares about this. But you know what? Fuck it. Well, that's the beautiful sort of. That's the beauty of the code in terms of D and D. And what I like about it is that each clan can interpret it ah. differently. So they've got a base tenant, but it can always be interpreted different. That's why they 
paint it on their bodies differently. So they put it on their swords differently. That's why they have different casts. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, when they do the cast, their stone ritual, it's written on a stone, but what they do with that stone is different from tribe to tribe, from clan to clan. That's what I love about it. However, I would say an interpretation of give a thousand for nothing is basically to sort of reject treasure and monetary value. Oh, okay. It's to give away. Oh, that's cool. I was thinking more of it like... um, if you've let's let, imagine that you like um, one of your kin was killed, they're dead, but you you're gonna you're willing to fight a war just for justice, even though that person's already dead and there's nothing you're not fighting for anything. Maybe. I mean, essentially, it's not like like the one for all for one, one for all. <coughs> is that if one person is in danger, you would risk everyone else. But this is a case of oh, nobody's in danger; they're already dead. But for honor's sake, we're gonna protect them. But you know, it's open to interpretation, isn't it? So it is basically exactly. meaning. Is completely void. It's just what you put on it. Exactly, in, in a way. Oh, my God. But it's also... The, this would be the sort of druidic shaman's job of trying to figure this out. And, you know, bigger decisions would be made up to the cast. It would be like, all right, we're going to do a cast for this because the shaman says he reckons it's this. Oh, you know what I mean? The, the shaman's been talking been talking nonsense. I don't know what they're on about. Let's figure it out. <laughs> Let's have a vote. Let's have a vote about it. But, yeah, um, it kind of dictates how furbolgs are meant to act. Um, Bravery and effort and honor over birth means that it doesn't matter who your father is, your mother is, or how great their deeds are, whoever your parents are. It's about constantly striving to be brave and put in 100% and to be honorable. Um, the tribe's honor over yours would, again, sort of dictate the idea of you're not bigger than the clan. You are part of the clan. So to 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 be arrogant in Furbolg society is actually seen as quite a quite a faux pas that's like a real like it's it's really looked down upon really frowned upon it'd be something that would be very uncommon for a faux bog to be is sort of boasting their own deeds Mm. because it's not seen as a good idea it's not seen as something that produces a happy life whereas two episodes ago it was like you are the chief if you killed the biggest bear yeah like (laughs) yeah goliaths are literally like (laughs) Fucking whatever I've killed and whatever I've done makes me the best. Whereas here it's like, no, that wouldn't get you anywhere. Literally, nobody seeks to be above anyone in Furbolg society. Everybody's equal. So, but do they value? Because the Goliath still valued um, other people's. They celebrated other people's triumphs and victories because they wanted to exceed them themselves. So there was an yeah. essence of community to it. So, is do they actually value? You know. So this would this would basically go this would basically be like a renunciation of any of your deeds to the tribe. Yeah. You would base if you did something and people were like, Oh my god, you're the hero. You've saved us. The people of Wormhold. You've saved us and we're gonna call you the saviour of Wormhold. You'd be like, No, it was it was my clan. My clan are the people who raised me, so they're the people that should get any credit yeah. for that. That's how That's a cool. furball yeah. would respond yeah. to that. Mm. It's not me. I'm not the one who did this. I am the result of generations of bravery, honor, and effort. That's cool. That's cool. It's not my deed to take. It's mm. the clans. It's, you know, if you want to respect someone, stay out of our goddamn forest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. So, uh, another code rule is the blood of the run is the blood of the king. Equality. This is kind of historically when we talk about um, the child of Athera and Anam, the final child, was a runt. He literally was born smaller um, than the other giants, so the other giants didn't respect him. But he was meant to be the king. 
He was meant to usher in a whole new age. So mm. it was basically saying that everyone's equal. And this is how their relationship with other races are treated. Even other races are equal to them. They don't believe in like, you know, we're giant kin or we're fey wild, you know, giants. Mm. We're better than you. Piao, 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 piao. That's not how that, that works. Um, give a thousand for nothing. Again, charity sort of giving away your it's a it's a renunciation again of your personal belongings you're not meant to hold on to anything it's essentially that mm. it's not worth anything um and truth is the honor of the tribe this might be like a fun flaw for you to have is that like your character can't lie like anytime they're forced to lie they just start like getting hot sweats because it's like psychologically imprinted in them not to lie mm. and it's essentially that you're meant to be truthful within Furbolg society because it's the clearest way to get forward. It's the best way to be honourable. Speak the truth at all times. It might even hurt people, but you've got to, you know, you've got to do your duty by your people to speak the truth. Just quite a fun little flaw to play is if you just can't lie. <laughs> Doesn't matter how, whatever, you just can't do it. What if it's necessary for the quest? No, then we have hygiene. But this person is inexperienced in it. Unless... Uh, your the reason you were kicked out of your society was because you were good at lying. You could always play it that way, but yeah, that, you know. Mm. So yeah, there is a list of like, on its head. yeah, you can flip on its head if yeah. you wanted to. So because of that sort of like tight knit clan family um, unit, not a lot of furbolgs are adventurers. But that is a hundred percent one of the ways that you could become an adventurer because you've been kicked out of your clan. Mm. And exile is considered like the worst punishment. Funnily enough, punishment isn't very very frequent within Furbolg society because they kind of live this ideal of like, you know, working mm. and getting better and stuff. But if you were to do something that was considered punishable, exile would be the worst thing that could happen to you. Like usually it would be labor, like menial labor, you just have to community service. Yeah, essentially community <laughs> service. But the worst thing that could happen to you is exile. You exiled from your clan and you there's no way coming back. That would be awful. Um in terms of in terms of like how they build their society as well, they do live in forests and wildlands, and that's how they survive, basically. They have a lot of um belief in the idea of like balance of nature. They don't take more than is necessary. They tr you know, they might have you know, minor farming equipment. Mm. Like, so they're not an, as nomadic as uh, Goliaths. No, not no, not nomadic at all. They mm. literally build fortresses. Oh well, they're they're great builders. They're because they're strong and big and tall. Not as tall as they used to be. Fun little fact for you: Furbolgs used to be what method like mythologically Furbolgs look like is like big ginger people. <laughs> they used to just be big tall ginger people when they were first like created, but due to their time in the Feywild, it's turned them more into, like, these kind of, like, creatures of, of like, magic. Nature. And they're a bit smaller and a bit weaker and a bit more into nature. So do they, take it, they don't have, like, bark for skin or anything, is it? Like, how is it visually In terms of, like, them? there's not much description for fur bogs. Um, as, like, a friend said just a bit early before we started recording, um, a lot of people think they're, like, cow people, just due to the fact that, like D and D has like a picture, and it kind of looks a bit cow-like. Mm. They have like sort of like long, wide ears, a bit fairy-like, and sort of like like cow noses. But it it's kind of up to you, really, how your character looks. How does other stuff in the Feywild look? Oh, is a lot of it ambiguous different. because of the fact that the Feywild does the Feywild because the Feywild has an effect on 
you by being in it, right? Yeah. So it has a visual. So could it affect you in different ways? Yeah, one hundred percent. So the Formians were another race of giants. They used to look really beautiful, but because of their sort of shenanigans in the Feywild, they became really twisted and really ugly. They've got something called evil eye because one of their eyes are usually bigger than the other ones and it like sends you mad and shit. Mm. So because they were like twisted and dark, that's what they became. The inside matches the outside. So I think when you're crafting your furball, I think that would be the best way to think about it is like the inside matches the outside in terms of the wider race. They resemble humans and sport like kind of like thick beards and stuff, which is very similar to their original ginger counterparts having mm. like sort of like long, thick hair, um, tough skin. And they used to be like quite like pink, pink skinned. Um, and it can come in through many colors. Like really, it's one of those things that it's a fantasy race. It can be whatever skin color you want it to be. It can be ever what hair color you want it to be. And they're just tall people, basically. They just, they're just giants, mm. essentially. A gentle giant. Yeah, they're gentle <laughs> giants. And you can play with what they look like. And you can, that's kind of the nice part about furbolgs is that they don't have anything tied down. There is the art that people have made and there's some really lovely stuff. And they kind of have like cow ears. But again, that's due to popular media with Critical Role having such like a wide touch base, and that's how they chose it's, to design their fur box. I'm just looking at some pictures now. It's almost like fawn ears, like if you think of Mr. Tumnus in yeah. Narnia, where they've got the ears on the side that kind of point down. That's yeah, exactly. That's a perfect description of what a lot of people picture them to look like. Because I, I would say if you were going to create a fur bog, I would say that they're like, they're like nature taken form. Do you know what I mean? They would look a little bit more like a, a, like an animal. You know, maybe they have fur on their skin. Maybe they are a bit hairier than normal humanoids. Maybe they have like tougher skin that's a bit leathery rather than hairy. I think clan to clan it would change, personally. Yeah. That's how I would design it. I would say that clan to clan, a furball clan can change because they are literally, that. that's a family unit there. And over somewhere else, there'll be a family unit, all with different sets of tenants. Oh, and the, the inside and the outside thing is because in the Feywild, your emotions affect you. Yeah, so your, they affect so the everything. So the culture, the temperament of your society is going to affect your you yourself, which is going to affect you. Not in the material plane anymore. No. This is kind of like historically in the Feywild. Yeah. That's what would have happened. That's when the change would have happened. Now in the material plane, you kind of descended from this vibe yeah this is the vibe like i reckon if you had a furball clan that was very sort of like staunch and strong and bull-headed you'd have them leathery skinned almost looking like bulls do you know what i mean big brows big muscular features you know cow ears that kind of vibe if you were having something that were a bit more like light and you know they're they're a bit more um, silent and quiet when they go through things. You'd have them a bit more bird-like. Could you maybe have them like a cat-like? You, I mean, you could do anything, can you? Cat-like. Cat-like, bird-like. Yeah. That's like a, yeah. But it is, it is basically all to come back to nature. They mm. don't take more than they need, and they trade with other creatures of the forest. That's how they get food, because that food is the hardest part. Whilst being omnivores, they do try to keep like a low meat intake. They don't want to take too much and like kill the wildlife of the forest. Doesn't mean that they don't eat meat and they don't take in like sort of, you know, animals and stuff yeah, like that. It's a respect for the food cycle, isn't it? Exactly. Respect for Mother Nature. So, yeah, of course they're going to eat meat, but at the same time, if you kill everything off, you don't have any food. Exactly. And since they're like, their homes are literal fortresses, 
like they build fortresses in terms of like their structure with like families living in the same houses and it's like you know every furball kind of gets their own room in this one big fortress house <laughs> that's kind of how it's built mm. and um it's well protected and well hidden usually by the shamanistic druid type who will cast spells over their land to make sure that you know people don't come and find them they try to stay out of everybody's business as much as possible and keep to themselves as much as possible they want to live just within the land <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they want to just live within the land you know and that means they'll trade with like magical creatures uh, like dryads maybe that worship nature gods they might um erect a statue of a nature god for a dryad who'll be like right i'll provide you with a load of food yeah cheers mate thanks for that do you know what I mean? So they aren't they aren't just hunter gatherers. They build stuff. They have a lot of stuff to give. They have a lot of talent. But they do prefer to keep to themselves, keep to the code, and basically live within nature. So yeah, that's kind of like their okay. vibes. They don't believe in greed and gold. That's literally got nothing to do. Seven foot, with did you say? Seven to eight feet tall. Because our picture kind of showed made me. I, I that look makes me think of them as small, but. Yeah, the but if you think of that, but, but seven to eight feet tall, see, that's what that's I mean about furballs. Don't be anything. One of them oh, looked okay. like jolly green giant. <laughs> yeah, they could be lithe and skinny, oh, oh, oh. but they're gonna be really <laughs> tall. Guess that's the kind of how yeah. they were. The with the changeness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's like, like Sean Connery, whatever. I, just I, did I thought you were going Pete Griffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Within that, like, sort of idea that they don't like material wealth and stuff like that, they do kind of have a tie to the Feywild and they do have a sense of humor. So, one of their, like, favorite pranks to play on adventurers or play on, like, people in general that aren't a Furbog society is to just steal their golden treasure and, like, throw it away. <laughs> They think that's funny. You've they become too attached. But they don't, yeah. they don't value it. So no. it's not really the same. So um, they think it's silly that it's you funny. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same. It's not like, seen as dishonorable or anything like that because, of course, it's like, why would you value that? Mm. Whereas they wouldn't come along and just slit your throat and be like, huh, banter. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be like, well, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's kind of like Cheeky. they don't view it as a big thing. So why should you? Come on. Like, haha, it's funny, right? Mm. Gold means nothing. I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> so they're basically very spiritually astute creatures. Yeah, in in a way, in a way, definitely. They they certainly and they have... keep them to themselves because they realise that they probably can't really mix. No, no, they can't Sorry, really survive. Aware, it... Exactly. Within a world where you know humans are so ambitious, elves are so fucking up their own ass, dwarves are so into like mining and using the environment to build, to build, to mm. build, to build, to build. Do you know what I mean? Furballs are like, jeez, look, please. <laughs> It'd be really interesting to play one that, like, for some reason, is on their own in mm. the regular world. Well, should then... we have a little look at some reasons? Okay. I mean, they, tell me your I was, idea I was, first. I was just going to say, it'd be really interesting if it was one that, like, didn't, you know, they don't value money, they don't value gold, and then they basically become homeless yeah. and are treated like utter shit. So then they're like, I get it. Mm. Give me money. Yeah. I will hurt you. That's interesting. <laughs> I am big. Yeah, that's nice. Like, a, a furbog that's become almost jaded by the world, like, the rest of the world. They're yeah. like, outside of my clan, I'm not safe. Yeah. <laughs> 
there is no place for me in this world <laughs> yeah. unless I build it, unless I tear it down brick by brick and then build it again on oh, blood that, and bones. They could just climb over the wall. So that could be that's so automatically just such a compelling story, though. Yeah. So because they're in because you can have that long. They want long for peace and they long for an easy life, but this fucking world is just so. Shit. So when they go home, they're just themselves. They're just a. A, a, a fur bog again, but then when they're in the real world, they're just like fucking right, back, fucking, back, yeah, to, right, uh, right, back so, to sell, so, yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> take the shot, take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> so reasons for adventuring fur bogs. <laughs> I'm just picturing them as being like coked up businessmen in the real world, like so, so, so. Fuck, but then they get home and they're like, oh, <laughs> hey, darling, how are you? Yeah. Do you have a good day? Yeah, yeah, no. it really is. Really, yeah. is really chill. Oh, I just have to be like, no, I did not have a good day, but I'm home now. <laughs> Overheads, margins. Ah. And then they get home and they're like, back to picking berries. <laughs> the good old times. <laughs> so reasons for adventuring furballs can be outcast for murder, um, outcast for severely damaging any home territory. So my, I don't know, like maybe accidentally creating a forest fire, that kind of thing. Um, your clan could have been slain by invading humanoids, you know, elves, dwarves, goblins, anything. Um, could be slayed by maybe a demon or a dragon, sort of like wild chaotic creatures or territorial creatures. Um, separate from the tribe and lost. Do you know what I mean? You might have just got taken away by accident or just lost your way. Uh, your homeland destroyed by a natural disaster. That's fair. Uh, personal quest ordained by omens. So maybe you're literally told to go on a quest because your shaman's like, the nature goddess has spoke to me and you need to go find X, Y, and Z to do A, B, C. I ran out of letters. She I go back to the alphabet. <laughs> and the alphabet and start again. Uh, or, yeah, again, so that's a personal quest maybe, so that maybe you've interpreted that and then you can be dispatched on a quest by a tribal leader. So it could be either or. Maybe you've got a personal quest because you're the druid of your tribe or maybe, you know, because furbogs do make great fighters, they make great rangers and they make great druids in terms of like their story. They probably wouldn't be wizards. They probably mm. wouldn't be, you know, maybe you get a cleric. Maybe at most you'd get a cleric. But the druidic vibe certainly, certainly plays into it more. You could be a nature cleric or something like that. Um, but sorcerers... Maybe, maybe you have like an innate bloodline that has some magical like sorcerer blood. Maybe you make a warlock that has a pact with a fey creature. Do you know what I mean? From when you were in the fey wild. But martial classes for sure. Um, fun fact for you again. Another fun furbolg fact. That was dun, 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 dun. fun furbolg fact. I, I just added. <laughs> I really enjoyed added it. Jingle. I liked it. All right, do it again. Are you ready? I feel like it's a jingle already exists, though, but go for it. All right, so fun furball fact. Ding, 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 ding. They consider using shields. That was really funny. <laughs> that tickled me. They consider using shields cowardly. Nice. So that's something that you can add to your, like, furball. That sounds like a cryptic crossword. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a cryptic crossword. Furballs find shields cowardly. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what that'd be as a clue. It's okay. a countdown conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, big, big one. That idea that you know that kind of like honor, bravery, mm. and effort comes into that. You know what I mean? Like, don't hide behind something. Face your problems head on. It kind of comes right through the whole way through. So maybe like it'd make a good barbarian. No one ever got stronger from remaining in comfort. Exactly. There you go. But that's we watched How to Train Your Dragon the other day, and that's literally the opposite, complete opposite of what they get taught. Yeah. It's 
it's like you, if you want to stay alive, like if you halfway between a shield and a sword, take the shield because that's the only way you will survive. Right, and so pragmatic, practical, and uh, yeah. you know, more but then you, what? I don't, I don't quite understand. Take a shield and run. If you had the choice between a shield and a sword, you pick up a shield because if some, a dragon's going to fire a fireball at you, do you want to be able to, you know? Block it. Block it, or you're going to get toasted. But running away is not brave. Like, you need it? both. You need a shield and a sword. But if you have to choose between, if you dropped both of them, you would pick up the shield and you'd fuck off. You wouldn't pick up the sword and try and attack the dragon. I suppose. But then if it's not a dragon, the oh, yeah, sword but this might is be a better. It's spoil it specifically in relate. They're training. Oh, because they're training. How to, oh, yeah. The movie is called How, how to, to Train, train a Dragon. dragon. <laughs> so there's dragons in it. And there's dragons in it. I always think about How to Train a Dragon. It's uh, if you saw them both in a in a shop, you'd be like, well, I'm just going to watch the second film because clearly they didn't figure it out in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like there's one. a third yeah <laughs> but um yeah it's the idea that you like you say better way to survive but is holding a shield braver than no. fighting your problems head on with mm. a sword it's kind of the idea it's that, a way of yeah. life mother exactly uh interesting thing again all right oh fun furball fact dun, ba, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Is that um, Furbolgs, literally every member of the clan knows precise combat strategy on how to defend their fortresses. Every member of the clan knows specifically what to do when under attack under certain situations. I mean, I'd love to see a Furbolg... Like fire drill, like exactly. It'd be oh, fucking yeah, clean. Point. Having a firebolg, firebolg, furbolg, a furbolg, <laughs> yeah, to- can- a furbolg toddler that has experience, you know, just experienced knowledge on how to defend the place. Like freaking lower the drawbridge, <laughs> lower the podcast, and it's Literally, like you're three, right? Yeah, Ew, good job, kid. Good job. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I love you, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing is like they're literally they are so fucking well organized. They literally all of them know their place in society, what to do, where to be. It's it's a real loving kind of mm. relationship. And it's I would say Furbolg society is one of those ideas of like, oh, if we could live perfectly in harmony, how would it look? And this is very much like that kind of look. Yeah. Like bees. In terms of like the idea that they are literally the idea of like what the perfect race society should look like you know well balanced with nature all caring all honorable i don't know it's that idea isn't it it's like the best of the best kind of feeling it's a utopian vibe yeah but it's like a simple utopian vibe it's not like the utopian vibe where we've all got flying cars damn it (laughs) (laughs) i mean like utopia in terms of peace yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, which they're, is what I would have always assumed utopia was meant to be by yeah. people when they talk about utopia. But yeah. it often isn't. It's a kind of disguise for something else. Exactly. Yeah. But for yeah, for me, you, for me, it's supposed to be about peace. Utopia would be like the like almost like the perfect hunter gatherer nomadic yeah. Native American, where not the ones where they like hack each other's heads off, but you know the, the <laughs> one, of the, one of the nice tribes, not the like you know one of the aggressive, not, not the Apache, but one of the chill ones. Yeah. You know, and it's just and it, we're one with nature and we're chill and yeah. stuff, rather than. Flying cars and AI and like forced speech and (laughs) all right, getting political. um, But like that idea is like it's so ingrained in them that like even so life and like lycanthropy. 
is something that happens a lot in D&D. And werewolves and mm. were-ravens, were-tigers, were-rats, that kind of thing. <laughs> Connie's pulling a right face at me right now. What, are you getting very excited about being just, a were-rat? <laughs> no, it's just, I didn't realise there were so many different were-creatures. Oh, yes. Were-bear? Yeah, were-bear. Were-bear. <laughs> cool. What? There's were a were-boar. You were can be a pig, pig man. Yeah, there's a were-bear, were-boar, were-rat, <laughs> were-wolf, were-tiger. Mm. Where Raven? <laughs> and it's not Where Raven. It's Where Waven. <laughs> so you can have an. If you do a D and D, you could all just be different wares. Be the Where Clan. Kind of. To be fair, though, in real like mythology, well, there were different. There were like Where Bears in different areas because it was obviously based on the animal of the area, yeah. and they were the same way. So they were in the, the the area of Where. Where, yeah, exactly. Where No, it was Where Where. Where There was Where Where's. But like the way there was the Salem Witch Trials, there was the Werewolf Trials, and there was also like oh, Where Bear Trials and stuff in areas where they had more bears and shit. More bears. So know. because they live in nature where these creatures are more prevalent, they are more susceptible to gang lycanthropy. But instead of like a lot of societies would be like, all right, fuck off. They'll actually help the infected person as much as possible still live mm. within the Furborg society. Oh, wow. So within Furborg society, within a clan, there could be an incredibly powerful werewolf. Would it Could it? Would awesome. it be like they exile them on a new moon, or is it... They wouldn't exile them, though. It'd just be no, like, like temporary... All right, like... Craig. <laughs> yeah. It's that time of the month. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, Furborg's names are actually... Um, because again of this like idea idealistic tribal clan sort of what we've been talking about they don't have names no if names. they have to take a name they choose an elvish name apparently how do they call hmm. each other then by what they do that's how they know animals that's how they know things is like by verbs it's kind of like doing words. so when they talk to each other they're like hey Warrior. you chopping stone carver but in yon it'd be in giant or in elvish or in common that's cool so wait, they don't, sorry, they don't have names or they just don't use names? Lover. But then that means they they have a role and they only do that? No. No? So what you're doing is... So how do you know what you'd call someone? Because you'd recognise the tone of their voice. Do you know what I mean? Nah, I don't mind. If you were talking <laughs> to someone, you're talking to someone, you'd say friend. It's just how you greet them, right? And yeah. how you'd refer them. Yeah. But if they're walking... So it's just how you refer them. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on here. If they're walking away from you, right, they're 50 yards away. And you need them urgently. What the fuck do you say? Oi, Walker! <laughs> no, but if you had, if I, if Oi, I, walking! If I shouted, like, if I knew you intimately, I could name something about you that only... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you but then you wouldn't you. shout that out loud 50 <laughs> yards away. Hey, so else limp dick! <laughs> <laughs> All right, down this song. That's very funny. But I was going to go with specky four eyes, but... Yeah. That was it's the idea of, like, do you know what I mean? You've got... <laughs> if hush comes to shove, you've got an elvish name. Right. You don't need one what they generally refer to each other is by how they know each other like when we say hey mate yeah exactly yeah. Hey, hey dude mate. hey dude yeah i don't call Fair. you jordan i can say i don't call hey, connie connie jordan. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think I, I don't call connie connie unless it's in the third person but to connie i never go hey, connie so he's babe mm. or you know wedge <laughs> I, I i definitely do call you jack though because yeah, <laughs> you'll but when just you're... be down the fucking hall and i'm like jack jack jack, yeah. jack! <laughs> sounds like yeah <laughs> so, uh, in terms of like statistics, here's basically what changes with Furbogs. Because they kind of went into the Feywild, um, they have like a bit of a different vibe. Their wisdom is a plus two and their strength is only a plus one. Um, so they are still a little bit stronger than other things, but you know, they are naturally wiser. Um, their base speed is 30 foot, as most humanoid creatures are. They are, you know, large, but they're considered medium 
they're seven to eight feet tall, weigh around about 240, 300 pounds, so their size is medium. Um, they have something called Furbolg magic, which is really cool because it means that innately, as a Furbolg, you can cast Detect Magic and Disguise Self whilst using this trait. It is using your Wisdom modifier, so it's better to be either a Cleric or a Druid or a Ranger when you're doing this. Or if you want to just be a fighter and have extra spells, then that's great. But basically, you can only do that after a short or long rest. So it's 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 pretty versatile. It means you can only kind of do it once in an encounter. By so do they, do they sleep? Yeah. Is that yeah, what you mean by long like, rest? Yeah, they sleep like everyone else. Right. Um, when they cast Disguise Self, they can actually seem up to three feet shorter because they are usually quite tall, so they can actually look shorter. But Disguise Self is an interesting spell because it doesn't actually change anything. It's all an illusion. So if you were to walk through a door and all the doors were like the normal height, but you're eight foot tall, you would have to crouch down every time you go under a door because your illusion would look like it could fit, but you physically can't. You would literally be banging your head. (laughs) So would your illusion, illusionary self look like it's crouching down to go through a door that actually is the, yeah, is the bigger right than height. you. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, I think that's like up to the DM. The, that should be part of the illusion. I'd say it's I'd say it's up to your DM just because I think there's some comedy there. I think there's some consequences there and I think it's just like good fun. It you know it varies from side to side. Okay. Um they have a bonus action called Hidden Step where they can magically turn invisible until the start of their next turn or until you attack, make you know, f- do some damage or basically do anything. If you do anything, you become visible again. But as a bonus action, you can just appear invisible. Again, short or long rest, and it comes back. Because uh, of their jump. Okay. Ju- Sorry, go on. Did you have a question? I was just going to say, so it's only once. Sort of like once an encounter. Right. Yeah. You couldn't, like, every roll be like, bye. No, no. Just once as a bonus action. Right. Um, which is obviously very useful, just as a bonus action to be like, bye. Because of their giant descendants. Descendants three? I don't, just, Ancestry? Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I read. <laughs> Non-fiction. <laughs> so because of their giant ancestry, they are considered one size larger when determining carrying capacity and weight, uh, pushing, dragging, or lifting. So that just means that, like, you know, if if somebody was to, like, try to move a stone door that was, like, medium-sized, it would be harder for them than it would be for you. It's kind of like to help, like, we're with, with just sort of, like, setting DCs for DMs. It's not really something you have to worry about too much. But it just means that it's easy for you to do stuff. Yeah. Um, they also have something called Speech of the Beast and Leaf. Uh, which <laughs> Can't wait for now to demonstrate this. Which means you have the ability to communicate in a limited manner with beasts and plants. They can understand the meaning of your words, and though you have no special ability to understand them return, you have advantage on all charisma checks you make to influence them. And that is why they are so good at hiding within forests, because basically they have a way to communicate with nature. Well, and then the plants are like... Yeah, maybe like if you can them. convince the plants to hide you, they might help deter the path. Like, furbolgs aren't aggressive, and they will, like, violence is sort of the last straw for them. So if somebody was, like, coming through their forest, they'd be like, oh, right, okay, let's see if we can, like, scare them off by, like, I don't know, sending some beasts their way, mm. and that'll deter them from fair, going near it's our within the It's within nature's interest to help furbolgs because of their society and the way they live. Yeah. So it's, it's like, if you're going to get invaded by a bunch of um, a race of humans or dwarves that are going to come along dig up the ground build like cut down all the forests like like plant shitty wheat everywhere or everything (laughs) you know 
yeah, rather exactly. than you know no biodiversity or anything. So it's within their interest to be like, yo, heads up, orcs. Exactly. Orcs. exactly. So, so do do, do, um, do they get shit on furbolgs? What do you mean shit on? Well, I just feel like you know, as a passive uh, race, do people take advantage, or is it is it not history? Yeah, I don't think you could take advantage of them. They're yeah, quite wise huge, people. Wise, yeah. huge Neverland. Yeah, but if if one of their core structures. <clears throat> Or values are like no violence. No, it's not. I was saying that like they're they're, they're it's not their first thing to go to, but they're well practiced in oh, combat. Yeah. They're strategically right. well. So practiced. so other races can't just come and no, like, they're not pushovers. Right. No, they'd rather not. Do you know what I mean they'd rather they not will. fight? But if you if you push them hard enough, they will. Um, again, with the regular furbolgs, you get um, common elvish and giant. So you get three languages straight off the bat when you're playing these races, which is great. Wait. Um, however, as we've talked about multiple times, there's modern Kanan's Monster of the Multiverse, which brought out another version of Furbolgs, which is a little bit different. So essentially, it just changes things. So like the ability score increases can be in anything. You don't get the languages, which I think sucks, but that's <laughs> just me. Um, the the Furbolg magic, so all the magic that you get, basically, again, you can use it once, short, long rest. However... You have those spells against your spell slots now, which is pretty useful, and you can use either intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. So it means you can build your Furbolg for whatever way you want it to be. Um, that's pretty much the big differences. So if if it was me being a Furbolg, I'd kind of lean into the, look, I'm going to be a wisdom caster if I'm going to be a caster at all, and just sort of lean into that. However, Morning Canons has made it more like fluid, and you can do whatever you want to do with it. However, I, I was going to say, the thing is, is like, depending on your DM, any of these rules can just be thrown out at any point in time. You can always add more languages, even into D&D Beyond. So it doth not matter that much if you want to still play historically correct sort of like furballs and stuff. And again, all this is legacy it is all just building ground to like build your furbolg, And it can be anything. Again, you need to know the rules to break the rules kind of vibe. So yeah, right. that's furballs. Nice. What do we think? Learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good. Now, would you play as one? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I really like it. Nice, nice. I think they're interesting as well. You, you can uh, see maybe plays? not the first time. No, because I think the first one I just want to like fuck shit up. You want to be shithead Greg with a spoon? <laughs> yeah, broken fork actually. Oh, sorry. Uh, but then, yeah, I quite like the idea of being a gentle giant. I think in terms of like the books, don't give that much on them. I think as soon as you sort of like learn about their history and kind of have a bit of an understanding of like why they're descended from giants and stuff, I think it really just elevates that whole yeah kind of character. I'd love to like play with the different reasons why they might be away from their clan. In a campaign. You can have the whole revenge story. You can have, you know, you're cast out because you yourself were different and then just abandon any tropes of them. Which would be really fun to play, like an evil furbolg. I know, I was going to say, I like the idea of like a, considering their stature and their strength and the fact that they probably could fuck someone up. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, If they actually were egotistically ambitious. And ambitious. Basically, and also they they would exist because you're going to have these sociopaths that in in every society. So it's just like every now and again, one comes along and it's like, oh, God, no. He's got an ambitious (laughs) little bugger. It's part of the universal law. Do you know what I mean? There Mm. always has to be a bit of chaos in the world for it to keep moving on. I like the idea of a chaotic. I think that there's so much potential there to play a chaotic character or play um, any type. It's, yeah, I like it. I want to play one. Nice. Well, guys, have you learned something today? Not really. No. 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 (laughs) Can we play yet, Niall? No. (laughs) Sorry. I got so much pleasure out of that. (laughs) Well, guys, I've been Niall. I've been Connie. I've been Jack. I've been Jack.
Jordan. And thank you guys for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to the show, and if you enjoyed, please leave a review as it helps. Big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair and Jean McDermott, for our cover art. If you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head to littlelionslayer.co.uk, where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Until next time, brave adventurers!